1: going to have a conversation about a new piece that you can read in its entirety in mclean's magazine um it is all about teaching kids about misinformation which is an interesting conversation we're going to speak with uh dr timothy caulfield who is the canada research chair in health law and policy at the university of alberta uh dr caulfield thank you for joining us as always appreciate your time Thanks for having me on, Jay. Still doing this. Hey, I'm always amazed that you waded into this world of misinformation willingly and have continued to stay there. It's admirable. How do you do it? I mean, it's it's a tough, tough gig, isn't it?
0: it yeah, you know, it's a tough gig. And you know what? I it, It's getting worse, I think, yeah, I think so <laughs> In so many ways, it seems to be getting worse. You know, there is you know, always you know a light at the end of the tunnel I'm ever the optimist you know we're learning more about misinformation we're learning more about how to to fight it but but it really is you know it continues to be one of the defining issues of
1: our time. No question. And one of the most damaging, too. Now, in the piece you wrote for McLean's, you talk about how we got into this situation, which is a question that I always ask. We, we've always had nonsense. We've, we've always had people who peddle nonsense. But what is it now? Is it just the sheer volume? I mean, we talk about the information age, but when you have an information age, you also have a misinformation age. Is it just we're inundated with this stuff now?
0: I think that is a big part of, of the story is just how much information is out there right now. In the piece, I talk about how how um, the amount of information that we receive right now, you know, it's it's the equivalent in a single day of watching 16 movies. Right. You know, It's just we're just bombarded with information all the time. And in 500 years ago, That would be the amount of information you'd absorb perhaps over a lifetime, right? So we, we can't meaningfully engage with, with all of that, all of that noise and and therefore, all the cognitive biases that we all have, Shay, right? We yeah, all have them. of course. Um, make makes the misinformation more likely to get through, right? Because it plays to our cognitive biases. It's scary. Maybe it plays to our ideological leanings. Maybe, you know, it, it, it plays to our fears about our kids. And, and all of those cognitive biases allows the misinformation to win. And, and so what we need to do is is provide tools to avoid that calamity,
1: yeah, and you know, I, 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 I no, no word of a lie. I often worry about like where this is headed. When I think of my kids, I got a nineteen-year-old and a twenty-one-year-old, and I, and I often think, boy, oh boy, like what's it going to be like in ten years? We're going to have, uh, just seeing what's happened over the last five years is 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 baffling. So I mean, we've had so many adults prove that. We're, we're just not capable of handling this kind of, and in- we're not. That's the bottom line. I mean, some do better than others, but there's a lot of people that just simply are not capable of handling the information age. And when, when you, when you relay that down to a child, it's completely different again, right? I mean, it's kind of scary, Doc.
0: It, it is, it is really, it is scary and there has been you know a couple of very recent studies that suggest that the the younger demographic may be more susceptible to misinformation and this data is hard to parse you know it depends on how you ask the question and how you study it uh, but uh, that study uh, is not suggesting that that those in the younger demographic are dumber or yeah, no. you know they, it, it, it's just that they're exposed to it so much yeah, <laughs> they're completely yeah. bombarded with it from very very early age. So yeah, uh, it is you know definitely a problem we need to tackle uh, as a community, but really even internationally.
1: So when we talk about kids, how do we help them? I mean, wh- where do we start in trying to just give them some tools to navigate this minefield?
0: So, you know, I argue in, in the piece that we need to start teaching critical thinking skills Super early, <laughs> you know, so yep. I'm talking kindergarten, and we've got to teach it throughout the the curriculum, and and so through you know junior high and high school and, and at university, and I think there should be critical thinking um, tools and resources available for adults. And I, and I want to emphasize, there are fant- you know I'm very fortunate I get to engage with uh, educators all across the country, and there's you know wonderful educators that are. Fully on board, and already have interesting programs emerging in Canada. But you know, Shay, we need even more, and it has to be, I think, a core part of of our curriculum.
1: Can we look to any any other jurisdictions? Anybody else doing this better that we can follow?
0: Well, the, the example that's often held up is, is Finland, and so Finland does start teaching critical thinking skill in in kindergarten. Uh, you know, even with fairy tales, and and then the older kids, they start you know asking them to be like Sherlock Holmes, and can you find? Uh, you know, find the answer to this question, and and kids are naturally curious. So um, I, I think we can we can play to that. Uh, and the other thing, I, uh, why I think teaching critical thinking skills is so important is it's it's content neutral because you know when you start talking about what we should teach our kids, that can become politicized. Oh yes, real quickly, <laughs> real quickly. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about giving sort of neutral skills that everyone can deploy that allow the kids to make up the, their minds themselves. Right. So. And then for older kids, we want to start teaching, you know, what kind of science matters, what kind of evidence should be persuasive, what's not persuasive, you know, et cetera. And those skills, we know from research, make a difference. Uh, again, hard to study this well, but Finland, for example, almost always ranks near the top of as a country that's resilient to misinformation. And again, I, I want to emphasize it's hard to study this well, so many variables, but, but all the arrows are kind of pointing in the same direction, that direction mean, being critical thinking skills are a good thing.
1: Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back Can we keep it neutral, though? Because this is a good thing. I mean, one of the questions I've, I think I've asked you before, um, and it's another one that I always come back to, I, I, like you, live in the information world, and I have for decades, literally, it's been my job for 30-some years. Um, so when I see misinformation, I have a pretty good filter, I think, not to say I'm perfect. And, and and you make the point saying, we're we've all got our biases. We've all got our issues around this. There's no question. Um, but I'm already seeing on the text line, well, how come you and the professor get to decide what misinformation is? This is the sticking point, right? Like some, yeah. if, if somebody doesn't see the information that they've invested their life into, in some cases, as misinformation, there's nothing you can do to change that thinking, or is there, Doc?
0: Well, well, there has been some studies that suggest that you can change the mind, of even of people that are really hardcore deniers. But no doubt about it, and this is where I get more pessimistic, and I think I've talked to you about this before, because misinformation is increasingly becoming um ideological it's always been ideological but when it becomes even you know so ideological i mean in the united states think about, you know, 60 to 70% of Republicans believe the big lie, right, which is absolutely astounding. I mean, this is, you know, flat earth kind of stuff, but that percentage of the population, and that's all about ideology and in-group signaling and, and being part of the team, and this happens across the ideological spectrum. But even if you take a step back and you just focus on the stuff that is clearly wrong, and that's what I always try to do, right, you know, focus on the stuff that is clearly wrong, where, you know, there isn't this argument going on. Even if you just focus on those big lies, it makes a difference, right? It really can make a difference. I believe we can be content neutral when you're teaching this stuff to kids to give them the tools to see, you know, what evidence is good, what evidence is bad, and and how who could be against having informed citizens. I, I, I hope that this is is a strategy that everyone can buy into.
1: You would hope, you would hope. Um, how do you pull the um, identity out of it? Um, like you say, you mentioned flat earth. They call themselves flat earthers, right? Like, it becomes who they are. The misinformation literally becomes a core piece of their being. Um, now you're into another area, right?
0: That's right. And, again, lots of research shows that, shows that this is true. I mean, you know, that that believing misinformation is almost more about being part of a community right, yeah. than yeah. it is about what the science actually says. And even for something like flat Earth. Earthers, you know, they have become part of a community they that believes this, and they have friends, and 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 to go against that, um, they're going against their friends, they're going against their community, and that can be that can be hard for for anyone.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. So the key here, when it comes to kids, is get the critical thinking skills going. Give them some tools to try and analyze information in a non-ideological way.
0: A- exactly right, and. and there's some evidence to support the idea that if you get at at misinformation quickly before it takes on that sort of ideological spin, that might make a difference, right? And and I also like to believe that if you can teach everyone to have those critical thinking skills, they'll recognize it as misinformation before it becomes part of their sort of ideological package. And and I think that's a good thing, too. But but we need empathy, too, because this happens to all of us, right? It's it's a chaotic information environment
1: no you are absolutely right and i think a lot of people like you said earlier chuck it up to they're just not smart no no that's not i don't care how smart you are if you're inundated with it constantly and it fits what you're like we say confirmation buyers it's got nothing to do with intelligence There are extremely intelligent people that we see on tv all the time doc talking about things that are bonkers i mean it's not an intelligence issue
0: uh and you're right and and you know you don't have to you know scan the cable news exactly <laughs> and you're going to find um, and so uh yeah it, it really is about trying to give people those skills that they can make the decision you know on their own and and, and also like there are increasing uh, misinformation strategy. Think about the role of AI, that that's oh, going to yeah. play on, on, on pushing misinformation. The role of state actors you know, pushing misinformation, that's also increasing. This is a problem that's going to intensify. We've got to come at it from every direction. It's a generational issue and teaching critical thinking, media literacy, a, a core competency.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you right there. Uh, Doc, thanks so much as always. I appreciate you being here.